That's it. Guys, you know it means guys, gals, non-binary pals. It's scaring <laughs> is sharing. We're back. Yes, it's the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. And I'm ah! just so, so thrilled to be back in the presence of the ever-loving, everlasting, Jeremy the Original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. Oh, thank you. And you are the incandescent... Brandy Joe Planbeck, the Flame and Scream Queen himself. I thought you were going to say the Encanto. I'm like, that's some movie. That's not a descriptor. The oh, I was going to say the Incontinent. <laughs> Do you know what I'm really bad at? I mean, I know you know I'm really bad at lots of things, including like words and sentences. But like, I'm really bad at grammar. Like, I don't, I can't tell you what certain things are. Like, what a, an adjective is or whatever. I'm so bad at that. Like the more complex one. Like I know what yeah. a noun and a verb is. And I do know what an adjective is. But there's other ones that I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'll have to Google it. But I and feel I just like had that's a, the thing. Google makes it so easy to just not have to know. I just had a tirade about a work email I saw where I'm like, grammatically, this is incorrect. So all the people that were confused are justified because he wrote this wrong sort of thing. <laughs> so, you know, we're I can be the grammar for that reason. Yeah, we're a good match there. I can be the grammar police sometimes. And I, you know what? Sometimes I don't mind being wrong or saying something wrong or whatever. I I I'm enjoy that part of myself. I'm not saying it's charming, but um, <laughs> but it's something I accept. I'll be the Rose, you know, like the Golden Girls. Like I feel in some many ways I am Rose, even in considering I've played her multiple times. Yeah, and it you also just works. inhabit that role so well too. Yeah, you got me a Rose um ornament. You and your wife did. Yeah, cherish. So yeah, absolutely. Um. But Jeremy, before we started, you were talking to me about something, and it reminded me, because it happened to me when we were talking, sometimes when things are described to me, or like, especially like something where someone is in pain, I get, and I I may have talked about this before, you know, we're many, many episodes in, but I get like a weird sense, like immediate shock sort of sensation in my legs. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get that? No. Like someone's like, oh, and then he slice the middle of his arm open or whatever and i'll get this like tensed up like almost like a, a tingling in my legs like an almost instantaneous and then like it goes away like it's like a like a phantom pain almost but oh. it happens in my legs like my lower legs interesting and i don't think i'm alone i think yeah, it's a, no. i don't think it's just a bjp thing i think it's another people sort of thing too so yeah Does yeah i mean I'm an I... empath Maybe. I think definitely you get like sympathy pain clearly. Uh for me that's usually triggered more by if I've experienced like a similar sort of injury or something mm. then then I feel it. But I usually feel more like a pang like I'm physically ill oh. when I like instead of like you know feeling like a sensation of pain I feel more like the shock of uh like when you're in shock usually that's what I feel if it triggers anything it triggers like a sensation similar to shock where you're like okay. you might feel ill and uh uh you know n not sure what's going on well we don't like any of those things we just like no, we don't like those things all but... the time 
Yeah, but, but do you listeners, do you... if you're still out there, and I'm sure you are, we have some really dedicated, <laughs> fabulous listeners. We have missed you so much. I have missed Jeremy so much. Yeah, I we had a co- little break. We just had so a we're little back. bit of break in there. And you know what? I bet we're gonna have one here soon because I'm going to New York at the end of December. So oh, and there I, you go. guess what? I have acquired Joe's and my tickets to see Saw the Musical on Ooh. Christmas Day. Very cool. And I'm fucking so excited. I can't even tell you. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. That'll probably be the only piece of horror theater I'll see while there. There was a show that's closing like in a week or two, and it is like a possession type play. And it is called because of Covenant. I speaking I of Yes, tell me oh, what. Horror theater. I was gonna say I heard Sleep No More is closing it finally. Is. Thank God I've seen it four times. Yeah, I only I only got to see it the once, and I would have liked to have gone again. But alas, yeah, I wonder if immersive like theaters on be. the decline. You know, must I? Well, yeah, I bet in this day and age of post COVID, I bet it's yeah. not as uh, alluring anymore. Although when we went a year ago, I mean, it was packed. Still, oh wow, okay. Yeah. So maybe they're just tired. I mean, it's got to be a uh, kind of a tough, uh, I don't know, machine to oil or whatever true and you know i i mean the world seems like we kind of bounce around where like a new variant of covid shows up and oh, then yeah. all of a sudden everyone's back on there like stay away from me like back to distancing so i mean i think it's always going to bounce around like that forevermore now yep it's true but if you've never listened to us before jeremy and i love horror movies and we love talking about what we've watched and what's going on in the world in regards to horror and then we on a traditional episode will assign the other person a movie they've not seen before talk about watch them and then come back and talk about them and mm-hmm. then sometimes we just watch a singular movie neither of us have seen and share our thoughts upon that film like yes. we are doing today that's it that is it um so jeremy what the biggest piece of news of course what wait what is scream oh Everything yes that has gone yes. down with scream that has taken you know the social media by storm the world by storm but like social media has blown up like i mean i feel like seven's not even gonna happen now like i mean it's if it does it's just not people are not they don't feel the same about the franchise moving forward i don't think what's happened with it will make people dislike the films prior to now yeah but like people are like fuck you spyglass yeah i don't know how this position is tenable for them to be like and we're still gonna make the movie yeah um uh, number one after you know uh punishing an actor for expressing their opinions on world events yeah uh which i've never i don't think i've ever seen any repercussions like that um of this nature in the past ever on a production and i honestly have not looked into this but susan sarandon i think was like let go from like her agency or something because of something similar recently yeah yeah and it's just i don't know i haven't looked at that i think joe told me that so yeah and i heard i heard that as well so i don't know the details either but it's totally fucked it is (laughs) i mean to be blunt considering yes so many things and it's it's so incredibly fucked um my favorite memes going around about it are the one with Corey from halloween ends and it's like in light of circumstances Corey's gonna be the lead and then also the one that's like the newest character poster is dropped for scream 7 there's just, no it's just blank and it's, it's a blank. seven yeah i thought that was great too yeah, but it's just so, it is so unfortunate yeah and i've seen so jenna ortega's out too and yes there's there's 
different takes on it. I read that she was actually out before they got rid of Melissa. However, that just seems like, I don't know, like a convenient thing to say. But I rather rather like to think that Jenna Ortega was like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. Because I've also been seeing people saying, no, she said, fuck you and left. Like, I hope that's what happened. Yeah. So because I wonder if it was more like the contract was technically up and she just chose not to renew or come back or whatever. Um, I'd like to think that's what, what happened. That's but yeah, that- There's so many things out there. Like, apparently they'd only signed on for two movies and like mm-hmm. they didn't have to do this next one. But like, you know, they it did so well. They wanted them back. And I mean, who knows all of the details? The only thing I do know is that it's fucking stupid it is and it's yeah and like you said i'm not sure how can they even move forward making a movie at this point with like all all goodwill is gone now it seems from the fan base so it's like yeah yeah, i don't i I haven't seen any support of it like well i mean i'm sure there's some asshole out there right there's bound to be multiple but i've not seen a single person be like well she should have you know watched what she said yeah exactly and thank god because i would just be like unfollow (laughs) other other people have done have such expressed totally reprehensible positions or done done terrible (laughs) things and still not been dropped from movie projects so like what the fuck is up with that so i don't know uh so of course had to touch on that just because that was i think like the biggest i think so that's the biggest thing thing blowing up um What else is out there? Um, the people under the stairs remake that's been talked about for so long is like yeah. trudging along. But it, it but it's sounds like it's gaining traction. Yeah. You got Jordan Peele involved producing it. Uh I think it's really something that we're getting these remakes of I, I don't know what I think you want to call them touchstones, but they're like icons uh, of black horror. Uh like um Candyman was just redone and now they're doing the people under the stairs which is also like you know considered a uh, classic especially for you know black audiences um and they're being done by black filmmakers as opposed to like you know Wes craven did the original people under the stairs and Candyman was directed by bernard rose you know an english white guy uh so it's like I'm, i'm glad they're bringing in uh uh creators of color to work on these projects um, I I am too, but I'm also like, give us like more of what Jordan Peele has done, right? Like, yeah. give us more like news stories from Black filmmakers written by Black filmmakers and r- screenwriters and things like that. Like, I'm all for it because I do enjoy like taking the property that was rooted in a particular culture and having the people from that culture actually be the ones to this time make it. But also I'm like, let's just, let's do new things. But of course that's generally, I mean, I love a good remake. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also like, let's fucking like, give us the new stories. Even if you're taking that story and doing something, twisting it. You know, yeah, yeah, which they, they yeah. very well might, just like they did with Candyman. You know, yeah, and, and I say remake, but Candyman was technically a sequel. But right. uh, yes. we'll see, we'll see what happens with people under the stairs. Maybe they're going to do a similar sort of thing where it's technically a, a requel. If you and will. speaking of sequels and possibly a bad one, did you see that promotional? Not promotional. It was as like a um, production photo or whatever for the first Omen. Yes, which is like I a did. prequel. And I think in my mind, like if you know, for those who've seen the omen, which is probably most of you, like since Damien was born of a jackal? Yes. I don't know. Like right, like so was born from a jackal. Sorry, spoiler. Like 
But how, I, it must somehow be getting into that, right? Like how Damien came to be as a baby. Yes. Yep. From your understanding. Born, born, born of a literal dog. Which is so weird. Like, I'm like, I, okay, I don't want to see a dog give birth to a baby, but I'm definitely curious how that's all going to go down. <laughs> how, how it's all going to go down. I'm sure we're going to get some real cool, because like all that imagery, like that idea comes from, uh, specific. I, I can't think of specifics, but I know that like, you know, people born of animals and prophecies and things like that from mythology and mm. various stories happen. So I'm sure we're going to see some sort of pagan satanic sort of stuff going on with like how he's brought into the world. So I, I'm here for that. I hope they do that. And the the lead gal in it is the she's from Servant and I fucking loved Servant and I loved her in Servant. So when I saw mm. I hadn't known that she was a part of it. So that gave me a little bit of hope. It wasn't like the Omen remake with fucking Julia Stiles, who I oh, think is kind of a garbage actress. Well, the you know, the the remake talk about the list of remakes that have no reason to exist because uh-huh. they, they don't do anything new or interesting. Like, yeah, it's not as bad as Psycho, but I would argue from what I remember about the Omen remake, it, it's almost literally scene for scene the exact same movie as the original. And you're like, why? Why did they? Decided my husband this. really likes the psycho remake so along with his absolute <laughs> adoration of scream 3 i mean i the fact that he has watched them at all and has positive feelings i guess is a reason to keep him around that he you know as a husband who's not into horror but has some horror movies that he enjoys um i i think those opinions are <clears throat> yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but is it just a desire to be like, uh, obstinate? you know, obstinate? Yeah, is <laughs> that where that comes from? To be a contrarian? Is that it, where, is what it, drives those opinions? Where that gets even more interesting is that, you know, like I, I've talked about it on here before, like if he really wants to see something, he, or rather if everyone else has seen something, he oftentimes will be like, I don't want to see it because everyone else wants to see it and I'm over it before i've even given it a chance because everyone else is so hardcore crazy about it wow yeah like it was like that with hamilton and then we all went and i was like maybe you'll see it and feel differently and nope he felt the same i think it can on occasion he'll give in and watch something and find out he likes it but more often than not he'll hate it because everyone else loves it (laughs) so just just grinchy behavior right there (laughs) but i love him yeah, I mean he's a he's a great guy. Don't he is, get me but wrong. he can be a little bit of a I wasn't say conundrum. That's not the right word. Yeah, I think that a paradigm. Works. I don't know. Yeah, a paradox. A paradox. That's what I was going for. Thank you again. Yep. Me and words. We are yep. friends. Um, did you also see? And I watched this trailer, most of it at least. That Blumhouse has this new movie coming out called Imaginary. No, that looks it's coming out in January. So I feel like how there once was a sixth sense slot in mm-hmm. like August. Now I think there is a an um a Megan slot yes. in January that they're like, For January. Oh, we caught gold, which I get as a theater owner. We're like, oh, this sort of play did well in this month. So let's do that again. Like you do try to recapture yep. that magic by doing a similar vein, which sometimes it just has nothing to do with it. Like, sometimes it does, and sometimes it has nothing to do with it. But anyway, it's about, like, an imaginary friend, and I think there's, like, a teddy bear and a demon Hmm. or something. I'll watch it, you know? I was, speaking of theater and releases, I was reading a whole thing that, so, uh, Godzilla Minus One Mm -hmm. has 
has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, from critics. So critics like it. Um, it's only been released in Japan thus far because it comes out on Friday. Yes. Uh, in the U.S. Um, but in Japan, I was reading this little article that said it's underperforming. Like it's doing okay, but it's not doing as well as they thought it was going to. And uh, I was reading this whole thing about how Godzilla, funny enough, in Japan itself, he he's not the cultural icon he used to be like people are kind of over it but it's everywhere else godzilla has blown up even bigger than he's ever been before so they're banking on the american market to make them a ton of money once it opens in the u.s so i don't know if that's gonna happen so we'll see what happens i i was thinking too that this would just be kind of like maybe like an art house oddity kind of thing like maybe but we'll see if people since the uh the critical reviews are so like astonishingly overwhelmingly good uh, we'll see if that drives more interest at theaters to see it. So, did Shin Godzilla do well in the U.S.? No, it didn't. It did. Oh, it did great in Japan. Yeah, but, but it didn't do well in the U.S. And I theaters, would imagine so. that's an indicator of how this one will do. Yeah, but who knows? Again, you never yeah. know. You never know how how you or why never know, hit. especially the way theater habits have been shifting so radically and like what tastes i mean the fact that you know mar the the new marvel movie is bombing harder than they could have imagined um that's not to say it's not unsuccessful it's just not making as much money as they're used to you know raking in that but they say it's because of the toxic fandom and how anti like women they are Uh, i mean that's one thing not necessarily not 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 in the I'm sure that's part of it. And that's always been part of it for a lot of fandoms. But the amount of money they're not making means just a lot of people aren't seeing this. So I think it goes beyond just toxic people. And I think in general, I think superhero fatigue is real. Oh, I've had it for You've had it forever since it started. (laughs) But I think most people are now just like, "Uh, we've seen this a million times now, guys. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe give the superhero movies a rest or what, or do something radically different with them. But I don't know what you could do. But and I, the last time I saw the trailer for that, I was kind of like, oh, I actually kind of want to see that one. I would see that one. Yeah. Like if but, it were on in front of me in a plane, and there was nothing else to watch. I would watch it. <laughs> that's my problem with them, though. I'm not going to go out of my way to go to the theater to see any of these anymore. I'm just going to be like, it'll be on Disney Plus in a month and then I'll watch <laughs> it at home. So that's, you know, that's what keeps happening to me. So and I know we've talked about it before, but I think the I'm so grateful that I'm a part of a community with the horror world that mm-hmm. the fandom is not toxic. Yeah, because it's like the opposite. It's like embracing. And it's just so weird because it's about not about, but like there's so much blood and guts and freaking you the fuck out. But it doesn't seem like like if anything, people stand up for stuff and they're like, um, no, this is not okay." Like, I feel like it's the opposite. Yeah. In general of the fandoms I'm involved in, just the horror fandom at large is one of the most welcoming and I have the least amount of problems with it. Um, whereas like, you know, I love star Wars, um, but I hate engaging with that fandom because there's so many assholes in it because, uh, I don't know. I'm always like, I thought we were here because we all love this thing. Don't you want there to be more of it for us to like love and talk about? But so let me ask you a question in regards to that. Do you think it's because like, for instance, star Wars and Marvel, let's just take those two, right? Yeah. Uh, That star Wars has, you know, this trilogy of films that was made back in the 70s and 80s right Mm -hmm. yep and like people fucking love those movies and it was just those three for such a long time so people were hardcore into 
what was told in those movies, how it was presented. And same like with Marvel, like there's all the source material. There's all of these comics and everything that people can go to and say, this is what this these characters are and who they are. And mm-hmm. that's why the toxic fandom is there is because people are so hardcore to the original source material that as things are evolving and changing, people are less likely to accept the change of them. And they're resistant to that and assholes about like, Oh no, that character wasn't black originally or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, is that where a lot of it comes from? And whereas with horror, it's such a large, like there are these franchises, but it's, it's so much bigger than not that comic books aren't big, but like, again, it's that source material and these are just movies. Yeah. For the most part. I think I think that's very astute. I think you have a really good observation there. Um, and to tie into that, these fandoms were like heavily marketed at young men mm-hmm. when they came out, especially like Star Wars and Marvel. Like for the longest time, it was mostly like, oh, we're just uh, we're aiming to capture the imaginations of like young men. And as that changed, they realized more people it had broader appeal, and there was tons of different types of people that loved these stories. And so now in newer versions they're trying to get everybody represented and i don't know for many i guess they see that as like you're infringing on my love of this by like making it something i can't immediately relate to at all times um so yeah i think those are parts of it yeah but again i'm just grateful okay i'm thankful and this post thanksgiving episode yeah and i just love things like i got uh I got my fandoms and I love them and I'd rather spread joy than be mad about (laughs) anything. So even when they do something like they put out a movie, you know, I even watch bad Friday the 13th movies because I just love that Friday the 13th exists. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't care. I try not to sweat it too much when there's a not so great version out there because who cares? Because I still love I still love it and I love plenty of it that's out there. So that's fucking right. Yeah. Spread joy. Spread joy, not hate. Um, uh, speaking of fandom, I'm going to read a telegram we have from friend of the podcast, Lauren, who talks um, a bit about this sort of thing. I, mm. So Lauren writes, this is the goth botanist, if you all recall. She was on um, a previous one of our episodes. Hi, guys. I hope your Thanksgiving was full of good food and better memories. Regarding Five Nights at Freddy's, I also expected something more along the lines of Willy's Wonderland, but given the mythos and target audience, the movie made sense. The character of Abby hit us a bit deeper due to her character being very clearly autistic-coded. The aunt says she's mentally ill, but that is immediately argued against. Her special interest, drawing, and how it helps her process and relate to her world becomes a major plot point. Her refusal to eat, her social scripts and interactions, and some of her mannerisms felt genuine and familiar. That being said, the movie was fun enough. I'm not a player of... FNAF, so I was in simply for the nods to our shared memories of singing mechanical Anna anthromorphs who accepted us as children but now find sus as the kids say and matthew lillard was awesome as jeremy noted matthew is a goddamn national treasure and after the weekend we just had at the mad monster party in atlanta i can confirm he was fighting off a cold from arrival and yet he was all smiles for three straight days of endless fans literally endless i don't think his line ever cleared 
They had to move his table because of the traffic it caused on the floor, and he treated every one of them like a friend. Some girls cried, and he'd take it so graciously while they regained composure. I made Tez teach him how to floss so he can embarrass his kids on TikTok. Oh, that must be the dancing and not, like, his teeth. <laughs> he didn't quite get it, and I offered support with the fact that I also cannot floss. Again, I imagine she means dancing, not her teeth. <laughs> we met Nev Campbell, Jamie Kennedy, Ski Ulrich, and Lee Wallace, go um, and Lee Wallace, who's the ghost face stuntman. All were kind and impatient and all were kind and patient and giving to their fans. I chatted about the Jamie Kennedy experience and Malibu's Most Wanted with Jamie. I admitted to Skeet that I snuck into the movie when it was in theaters uh, since I was underage. He joked that I owed him a penny in residuals. So while we were chatting with Tess, I pulled out a dime and gave it to him to cover inflation. Laughing face with tears. Emoji. Tess and I sat down at the hotel bar after going to the gym the night before the convention. Apparently, she wasn't supposed to be allowed, but they liked us and it wasn't crowded. Kane Hodder and Christine Elise were at a table behind us chatting away. When Tess took a selfie of her own with our drinks, hers was a mocktail, of course. Kane leaned back and made a wild gesture to photobomb us. <laughs> I busted out laughing, and it is now probably my favorite picture ever, even if he's out of focus. Christine Elise remembered us from the last Mad Monster party we saw her at and was what started as a joke about her trying to remember our names for the weekend ended up with her pretty much adopting us. We met a bunch of other awesome people, but I won't keep going on about that. I mainly just want you and the listeners to know that you can go to these things and meet people and make great memories. People build friendships among the attendees, staff, vendors, and sometimes even celebrity guests. Oh, and I remembered to ask a few people about their first horror movie. Damien Maffei, Maffei, Johnny in the New Texas Chainsaw Massacre game and, and in the upcoming movie Dark Circles. His was Aliens. Nev Campbell said The Changeling. Elliot Fullman from Terrifier 2 said House of a Thousand Corpses. Lance Henriksen said The Thing from Another World. Lee Wallace said Creature from the Black Lagoon. And Jamie Kennedy said Showgirls. <laughs> Classic and Jamie Kennedy. I fucking Kennedy. love the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Experiment? Experience? I fucking yeah. love that show. It was I used so to watch that all good. the time. Oh my God, he was so funny. Experiment. I love it. Love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh my God, Jamie what Kennedy. a grace message. Thank you so much, Tess. Tess. Yeah. Lauren via Tess. Okay. Tess yep. via Lauren. <laughs> yep. Wonderful. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy, uh, I've heard he's a riot. Yeah. In person. So that how that fun I that they're like imagine. all at these conventions. Like, yeah, there's a picture. I didn't I didn't get into the, the paragraph of it, but Lauren took a picture with all of them and sort of stood in front of Ski Ulrich and he had to sort of stand to the side and get his face <laughs> in there. And she felt real bad about that. But I'm like, it's fine. They know how to find their light. They're actors. Yeah, you know? they're actors. Yeah, they know yeah. they know what to do. Yeah, you had a lot of celebrities around you. Like, how could you be thinking fully straight? You know, you yeah. can't. And Matthew Lillard, um, I think this was something I wanted to say last time that I forgot to bring out or bring up was my wife. Her description of Matthew Lillard is that he's one of the best being stabbed actors. <laughs> like his reaction, like, cause you know, he does it in scream. He did it in five nights at Freddy's and she's like, he's just really good at making you believe he's actually been stabbed. Mm. Uh, and not a lot of actors, you know, can pull that off realistically, but Matthew Lillard's got it down. Sure. He does. Yep. He's had some experience, you know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. 
Thank Shall you. we move Thank on? Thank you so much, Lauren. Yes. To the next one. Yes. Thank you, Lauren. And on to our next telegram that goes, hey, scare boys. I was really tracking with you on Five Nights at Freddy's. I went in expecting very little and ended up liking it a lot. It was really a pleasant surprise. All your talk of cryptids got me wondering what cryptid would you wish into existence? I understand if this is more of a Jeremy question. I watched Sick recently. It was not bad, but the COVID horror was a little too extra for me. Maybe it's too soon. Still, I gave it three stars. A number of people on Letterboxd spell out their rating systems, which I appreciate. Ignoring the traditional math, mine is as follows. Five stars equals A+, plus, four stars B+, plus, three stars C+, plus, two stars D+, plus, one star F. So, of course, I have to ask, what does your star rating translate to? Uh, thanks for powering through the last episode, even though you were sick, Brandy Joe. Do your best to stay healthy, stay happy, stay you, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. Yes, as always. Thank you. It's interesting you. that... But like with him and Lauren, like that they liked Five Nights at Freddy's. Like no one seemed to like love it, but our friends over at It's Only a Podcast did not enjoy it at all. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it Christian's not cup of tea. I saw Christian's letterbox ahead of time, and I was oh, like, yeah. what did he get? One, one and a half. Yeah, oh. I was like, oof, oof. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did not think it was great, and maybe you know what? Maybe if Willie's Wonderland had never been there, I might have rated it lower. Who knows? Who knows? But I don't know. We had a good time with it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was decent. Um, okay, cri- give it your what? You're going to say oh, your my, star rating? No, I was going to say my cryptid that I'd oh, wish yeah, into please, existence. Yes, please, uh, go for it. I'm not going to say Bigfoot because Bigfoot already exists. So what <laughs> cryptid I would wish into existence, um, I think Bat Squatch would be cool, which is essentially okay. just a bat that's the size of a Sasquatch. It's a giant flying Sasquatch that oh, uh, apparently God. lives near Mount St. Helens. Um it's almost surely entirely made up by people as an urban legend, but it's it's gained some traction over on the internet in recent years. Um, or the Loch Ness Monster, because I don't think the Loch Ness Monster actually exists, but now, have that's you a topic seen, I for think a whole podcast. I think that they're doctored, but there's like pictures of like these giant bats like hanging, sleeping, and people like standing next to them, and they're like the size yes. of the people. That's like yeah. doctored, right? Those are doctored. I don't think there are any. Oh, but bats. they're so creepy. Like when they I didn't are. know if they were doctored or not, when I because they look real. Yeah. But like, oh my god, the idea of that giant of a bat is frightening. Yeah, the uh, like giant fruit bat is like huge, uh, but they're not the size of people. So okay. Yeah, they're they're like like an eagle or something like that. Like they they do get like that big. They're Ooh, big. Gross, but, that still gives me the heaps. But they're not they're not people sized. So okay. Now, what about your star rating? How does it go for you? So my star rating, I like that you can tell he's a teacher because he gave them grades. Yeah. Whereas in my brain, it's more of it goes. Okay, my okay, mine's weird. So five stars are movies that like. I think are perfect and I can watch them forever over and over. Those are five star movies. Like any movie that leaves me like, I want to watch it again right now after seeing it. Uh, that's a five star. Four stars are like movies that are really exceptional. I feel like great movies. But let me stop uh, you real quick. And I'm so sorry. Like he breaks them down by like this are this are this are this are, but like in letterbox, you can do half star. Yep. So are you going to give me your half star rating as well? Because I know you yeah, do. Well, he doesn't. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Keep going. So three is my baseline for like, it was an average movie. 
and I, you know, it mostly enjoyed it. That's three. Three and a half is like, it was good, but I don't know if it's like an all-time classic for me. Uh, and then four, four and a half, five are all like, I consider that like really good um, to varying degrees and for whatever reason. Sometimes I'll knock a half star off because I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo and it's like, it was a really good movie, but I really hated this one scene. So therefore I'm shaving off half a star or something like that. And anything under three is just whatever. Uh, then it's really hard because I feel like I feel like anything under three, like one, two, one and a half, two and a half. They all might as well be the same reading rating because I'm like, those are bad movies. Like anything under three is like a bad movie. I tend to give two and a half is my rating for things that are so bad. They're good. Like it was a bad movie, but it made me laugh like the whole way through or something like that. Um some of those get lucky. Sometimes they're threes, but usually two and a half is my rating for like, you know, a Sharknado or something like that. And mm-hmm. then anything under two and a half is just bad, bad. And just to varying degrees of how how horrible I thought it was. OK, one one, of course, is something I'm like, it's just awful. Um, I would say not watch again, but some of them I have watched again. But those are usually Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes. So. The movie itself is terrible, but I'm watching to, you know, laugh at the uh, the jokes in the episode. But and then half a star, I very rarely give out. But that's reserved for the most atrocious things that should not exist. Those are half stars. Yeah, I feel like I have given I think I may have given Thanks Killing a half yeah, star. Th- Thanks Killing 3 has a half star. Because um, that was God fucking awful. I actually don't think I gave Devil's Night, what is it, Rise of the Nan Rouge or whatever. Uh, I don't think I gave that half a star. I think I gave that one, but maybe it should be. I gave one missed call a half star. Maybe it should be a half. And thanks, Killing Three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think because if five stars for me is an A, and if that makes four and a half stars an A, and four stars. But then I get like, there's not for me, like an A plus. I don't know that it's in there because I feel like I should be like five stars is an A, a solid A, because then mm-hmm. I think like four and a half stars is like a B plus. Yeah. OK. And then just from there, just continually down four stars, B, three and a half stars, B minus. Will that work continuing down? <laughs> Maybe. Sure. Why not? <laughs> but like, I think of like, yes, five stars is an A. I think four stars, and then depending on where you go with it, it's either a B plus or B minus, and then continually down. Three is like a C plus or a C minus, which typically are things like, okay, well, that was fine. Like, I didn't have any strong feelings. But a four or five are movies that I'm like, this had things that I connected with that, like, you know, I would watch again. Um, but sometimes there are movies like I think some bad movies I do give like four stars because I'm like, I would fucking watch this again. Like, so I think mm-hmm. some people would hear our ratings of Blood Rage and be like, this movie is horrible. I know some people who have said that based on us like talking about how good it was. Because, like, and also there was another one that Joey from Only Slightly Opinionated listened to. There was another one early on that we had done. Um, oh, the one where like the zombie's hand like melted the window. What the fuck? Oh, uh, Mutant. Yes, Mutant. He watched it because of us talking about it, and he's like, what were they talking about? This movie is shit. And I'm like, it is not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. It was just fun. But sometimes there are just these movies that are fun, and yeah. like you would watch them again, you know? I, I have, in a movie that totally just like baffles even me, I'd never know what to write it, rate it, is 
Cry Wilderness, which is this awful made for TV, a little kid befriends Bigfoot. It's it's bad. There's an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 did an amazing episode of it. So I've watched like that version. I've watched the actual I have the movie on DVD. I've watched just the normal movie. But I don't know. It just cracks me up and I love it and it brings me joy. But every time I rate it, sometimes I'm like, this is like a one star movie. Like it's horrible. Like as far as the craft and all that, like behind it, it's not good, but it brings me so much pleasure. Sometimes I'm like four stars. This is, you know, incredible. I don't know. So that one, I think I've rated it. I've watched it a few times and logged it on Letterboxd and it has a different rating like every time I log it. So, yeah, that's how it works, though. Like even things we've I've rated in the past couple of months, I've looked at my Letterboxd and I'm like, oh, I would give that less now or more now. Like after a little bit of time away from something, you're you can totally change. But I feel like anything that's like a three and a half stars, I would rewatch most likely. But three and below, typically no. And two and a half or below, I'm like, this is, I mean, I guess going off our scare of approval, like if it's two and a half, it's it's not, it's Mm -hmm. it's throw it on the trash heap. But three on, it's like, this is, there's some redemption, some redeeming qualities here. Yeah, I think three is my like, three is, it wasn't a bad movie, but I don't think I'll ever seek it out again necessarily. Mm-hmm. But three and a half up is where things get better. And it's yeah. like, yep, I'll probably be rewatching these. So, yeah. Yeah. But thank you, Teacher Drew, as always. So, so good to hear from you. And I just checked our, our email because I, and we have an email there too. So I'm going to oh, read shit. it. I know. Read it's it. In front of the podcast, Matthew. And the subject is the horror holidays. And Matthew writes, hi, scare boys. First of all, I hope Brandy Joe is feeling better. I enjoyed your last episode. I watched Five Night at Freddy's a few weeks ago, and while I found it a little boring towards the end, it was still entertaining. I will watch Matthew Lillard in anything, and I absolutely love that he has made a return to live action and not just doing voiceovers. This Wednesday, I'm going to see Thanksgiving, and to be honest, I have been waiting for this since 2007 when I saw Grindhouse. That experience was the most fun I had in a movie theater at the time. I'm a fan of Eli Roth, and I'm excited to see how this trailer comes to life and if there will be any Easter eggs from the OG trailer. Just a few moments ago, I bought a ticket to a 35mm showing of one of my favorite Christmas classics, Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's screening in Chicago at the Music Box Theater for one night. Not only have I never been to this theater before, but I've never, um, but I've never seen what I can, um, sorry. I've never been to this theater before, I, but I've never seen what I can only hope is a scratchy and somewhat faded print of that film. That way, that piece of sleaze was that the way that that piece of sleaze was meant to be seen. <laughs> While I lived in LA, I attempted to get tickets at the New Beverly to see it. They showed it every year. It sells out in seconds. One time I had a ticket in my car, and before I hit purchase, it was gone. Even though I've watched this film probably 20 times, there really is nothing like seeing a movie you love with an audience who also appreciates it. I can't wait to start off my Christmas movie season with that. What are your go-to movies to watch around Christmas? Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. I'm sorry. I had a little bit of difficulty reading there in the middle. Yeah. Um, But have you ever seen Silent Night, Deadly Night on the big screen? I haven't. That would be really cool. That sounds amazing. I do love to rewatch that this year because that is a horrible movie and it's so much fun. Yeah, exactly. It's not great, but it's trash and I love it. So I that's one of my go to Silent Night, Deadly Night. I try to watch that every year. Um, Black Christmas, duh. For me, Black Black Christmas. Um, 
I don't know. What else is there? Die Hard. <laughs> I watch sure, that like sure. every Christmas. Uh, Elf. You know, those are the go-tos. I don't know, like Christmas horror. The Silent Night, Deadly Night series usually are uh, solid ones if I can find those. And uh, like you said, Black Christmas. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, Matthew also said, um, oh, he finds Black Christmas boring. He's watched it twice. Oh. which is really depressing. Um, but something else he said in there, I've been to the Music Box Theater in Chicago when I lived there. I saw um, the sing-along Sound of Music. Ooh. Yeah, which was a blast. People were in costume. They had the bouncy ball on the screen. It was a really cool theater, and I'm really jealous. It's just super, super cool. So, Matthew, I can't wait to hear about it, and excited to hear what your thoughts on Thanksgiving are. Yeah. Yeah, because you're about to hear ours. You're going to hear ours yeah, in a moment. Thank you, everyone, for writing in to us. Um, dear listener, write to us, scaringandsharing at gmail.com, or follow us on Insta and slide into our DMs. We're scaring and sharing. All one word. That's right. Jeremy, before we get into Thanksgiving, we have to talk about what we've watched. Oh, true. Because I've watched some things, okay? Yeah, what did you watch? Tell me. I watched, let's see. I watched um a movie called Tag. It is which I know of. There are various versions, right? But this one is from Japan. Mhm. And it involves like it starts off with this group of schoolgirls on a school bus and all of a sudden like the school bus gets like chopped in half and takes off it's very ghost ship and it takes off all the heads of the girls except for one girl. And uh-huh. then she takes off and like the wind, which caused the bus to be ripped in half, starts like chasing her. Uh-huh. And then there's lots of twists and turns that I won't get into. But um, you have not seen this particular film? And I've seen uh, I've seen the scene you're talking about. OK, with the bus, yeah. like because when that movie came out, that became like a meme on the Internet, like that scene. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I the believe movie- it's. Cyan Sono, is that his name? The director? The director, possibly. Let's see. Yes, you are correct. Okay. Because he did that uh he did that movie uh Prisoners of the Ghostland with Nicolas oh. Cage recently. Oh, where like yeah. oh, he's yeah. known he's known for his like wild psychedelic, just out there stories. Like I know he's he's kind of an institution in Japan now. So I've always been like, I need to actually check this guy's workout because everyone is saying that he is, you know, like kind of like Takashi Mika, like in line with his work. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. I also watched We Might Hurt Each Other. Have you heard of this film? Mm-mm. I saw it somewhere like on a best of list for this year and I had not heard of it before. Um, I, it's just the, the description's very simple. A group of classmates celebrate their graduation in an isolated place about which a sinister story is told. Oh, <laughs> but I liked it. I would give that three and okay. a half stars. Um, I gave tag three. Then I watched the conference, which as you may recall is like a Netflix film mm-hmm. from Sweden sort of a take on the slasher like like killer in the forest just like um the last one i mentioned we might hurt each other give that a 3 then i watched when the trash man knocks which um the the filmmaker is a a horror a gay horror nerd named Christopher Wesley Moore and he is on my gay horror group on facebook and was like hey i just made this movie if you all want to watch it and i watched it and it was so so fun 
like just like very B movie, but mm-hmm. like a slasher, you know, like a killer, like you know, with a mask and a neighborhood. And but I just I really enjoyed it. There was something very charming about it, mm-hmm. and like for a horror, like a, a low budget horror film. So I you can rent it off Prime. When the Trash Man Knocks, great title. And oh. then the other night I just had an inkling and I watched Tenebrae. Nice. Which I gave three and a half stars. I, I thought it was fine. There's some great sequences, but I don't love it. Never seen it. Uh, but you haven't? Like, nope. How my, is that possible? My Dario Argento, like, knowledge is shockingly weak. Like, oh my I've God, only... I'm so surprised, Jeremy. That's crazy. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, I've never seen Tenebrae, but I know, like, people that are Dario Argento fans have, like, so many call this their favorite of his. I don't know. I feel like every Argento movie, though, has people that say this is the best Argento yeah. movie. Has its um, fandom. Yeah, each one has its own devoted fandom. So yeah, so I'm interested to check that one out. Interesting. I had no idea. But some great sequences. I just, like a lot of his movies, like the logic and the explanations of it all are like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I I recall watching, so I guess confessional. I don't know if I got into this around uh, Halloween time, but I watched the original Suspira. Is Suspiria? which was only my second time ever watching it okay. uh, around, you know, Halloween. And the the only other time I had seen Suspiria was like when I was in college and I was like, I don't understand why people like this because I remember not enjoying okay. it. Uh, but then rewatching it just recently and being like, this is brilliant. Um, but I think it comes with exposure to Italian cinema and the fact that like, yeah, they they're really idiosyncratic. They don't really care about narrative uh cohesion yeah. or uh logic in the plots uh-huh. half the times so yeah but uh yeah i really need to check out more argento really is the moral of the story got it okay yeah well what about you what have you been watching not like not really a ton um horror wise uh but one big one big Christmas go-to every year. My wife and I did our annual rewatch of Krampus. So mm. uh, still going strong. I still love it as much as when it first came out. I know many people aren't as into Krampus. I don't get it. I watch it and I'm like, this is exactly my Christmas movie. I love this thing. So um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I fell asleep when I watched it. So I'll rewatch it this year. Yeah. I know how it yeah. ends. That's yeah. the one thing. But um, yeah. yeah, I'll rewatch it. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I still haven't seen, I really want to watch the R-rated cut that mm. came out. Uh, I think it's exclusively like on Blu-ray. I think I'd have to buy the uh, the Blu-ray of it. But there okay. is the the director's cut came out, which I understand has some more gore and language yeah. in it, as opposed to like the, you know, PG-13 version that made it into theaters. So Sure. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, sweet. Well, shall we finally get around to our movie? Let's get to it. Let's get to Thanksgiving. Let's, Let's talk about it. Let's get to Thanksgiving, which I know everyone has watched. It's yeah, a movie, we're... like, I'm so glad that people, like, it really, I mean, it did well. And then also, well. like, just, I mean, you go on Letterboxd and everyone's watching it, so. Everyone's watching it and seems to be enjoying it, too. That's right. So. And yeah. it is uh, from this year, 2023, directed by Eli Roth. And the tagline is, there will be no leftovers. 
And the description is, after a Black Friday riot ends in a tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the holiday. Picking off residents one by one, what begins as a random revenge killing are soon, what begins as random revenge killings are soon revealed to be the part of a larger sinister holiday plan. <laughs> love the mask, okay? I love the mask. God, yes. The character design. So for the creepy. killer is great. I love it. I think it's instantly uh, iconic. Yeah, so good. And the other thing that everyone talks about in this movie is Addison Ray, mm-hmm. who is like a TikTok phenomenon. Yeah, I guess so. I had no idea. Not even the lead of the film, but everyone yeah. fucking talked about her. I really liked the lead. She has sort of a Melissa Barrera quality about her. Mm-hmm. Mel Verloc? Verloque? I'm sure. not sure how to say her name, but sure. But yeah. So Jeremy, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, yeah. did you think of this film? Uh, I generally enjoyed it. Um, it was one of those, it kind of threw me for a loop because when Eli Roth made his original trailer, you're like, okay, this is he's playing off of Halloween, like clearly just transplanting Halloween. Uh, that sort of slasher, traditional slasher movie onto Thanksgiving. So that's what I thought we were going to get going into this, something more akin to like Halloween or Friday the 13th, those, uh, the older, you know, uh, first wave of slasher movies. But instead, like this is way more like Scream or Mm -hmm. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Or Halloween Uh, 2018. Yeah, or even Halloween 2018. Yeah, like it's more akin to... Uh, like 90s slasher movies, especially with throwing in like a lot of it as a mystery uh, and uh, revolving around the mystery of who's doing what and why. Uh, And so I was like, oh, that kind of threw me. I thought this was going to be a more straight up just killer on the loose. It doesn't really matter who the killer is because they're just a crazy person. But instead, there's like a lot more plot happening. And I, I kind of I was thrown by it, but I think I appreciated it more because of that by the end of the movie. Yeah, I feel like I personally would have enjoyed it more if it had been not like a ripoff of his trailer, but if it would have been like a throwback and felt like it was made in like the 80s. Oh, yeah. I feel like I would have been way more into that. Yeah, if it looked more like how Grindhouse uh, itself, the movie Grindhouse was done, where they put faux like scratches on yes. it to look like it was an old ripped up like film print and stuff like that was the, that was another thing that kind of threw me is like, yeah, this doesn't look like the trailer he was making or the style that the original fake trailer was made in. So which I is like fine, that. right? Like I'm all yeah. for someone taking also didn't Grindhouse like not perform well at the box office. Yeah, no, it did terrible. So I'm sure they um, were like, let's not try to replicate something that did not financially bode too well. well. It it was owned by Miramax and right. you know for years they had no interest in ever doing anything else with it. That's why like most of these filmmakers have been like, I've wanted to turn my trailer into an actual movie, but I can't because the studio owns it and is not interested in like doing anything with it. So, so um, like I but- have respect for like changing up the vibe, but I just and I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be. I mean, from what I had known of like yeah. stills and things, even since I hadn't watched like a full trailer and just heard it, like it sounded like it was a much more serious take. But just like after walking away, because I, I don't know, in a way, it sort of felt like tonally, like 
it I couldn't like I didn't feel like it totally gelled. Like I felt like they were trying to have like silly kills or like yes. do some silly things, but the tone of it was so dark and like yes. at, at times sort of comedic, but I just felt like it didn't like I felt like a like a little bit like it didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, there were moments like you're like you're saying with the kills, which are awesome. The gore scenes are amazing. The gore was great. But they're so over the top that I was like, what if you had rewritten this movie as a parody of slasher movies? I feel like that that's like an untapped uh, vein they could have gone with with this, where it's like you could have made it a little more over the top because it was uh, and, a, and a little more funny, uh, like it was making fun of slasher movies because it almost got there with the kills being so ridiculous. And the fact that all of the main cast, like I pretty much disliked all of them as people yeah. like they're all such trash characters which i'm like is that by design did he really want us to hate all the victims and not like you know for you know, barely empathize with any of them uh or was you know i feel like that would have worked more if he was making fun of slasher movies because then you could have leaned into some stronger like archetypes and spoofs um so that was the main thing. I was just kind of like, well, I like that the killer's killing these people or trying to because most of them are assholes. Um, but yeah, uh, it, but it was also very dark. Like just the story we did get was like, man, is this nasty and nihilistic. So uh, yeah, it didn't seem to quite know what it wanted to be for me personally. I jived with that. I was like, it's been a minute since I've seen a truly like just nasty, uh, mean spirited larger budget slasher movie like this so i'll go for that ride I'll, I'll i'll strap in yeah i mean i would rather go watch this in so many things out right now you know just yeah. if i had given the choice i would i would take this i just didn't love it like i wanted to but i liked mm -hmm. it yeah Joe wanted to go see it one of those rare occasions when he wants to go see a horror movie with me but he did not enjoy it i, I don't think he hated his... it but he didn't love it or i saw even his letterboxed like what did he give it one star Oh my god! <laughs> I wish you could put like people as your favorites on Letterbox because I now follow so many people. Yeah, you like lose I, them. if I want to see what they're, I have to like be on at the right time, or yeah. I have to like specifically to find them and, and dig that for them in my list. Yeah, uh, <laughs> one star. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, spoiler: I'm not going to give it one star. Okay. Yep. Um, there's a really like if you watch whatever the opposite of the website does the dog die. Yeah. <laughs> there's does the cat live. <laughs> uh-huh. This movie would be on it. And that was the best, that was the best moment of this film. <laughs> oh, I also saw this in a theater with a bunch of people in it that were like yelling and responding to the screen. So oh. it was like, it was fun. It was okay. just a fun environment, like not in the annoying way. You know, you you know how we've complained oh, yeah. about going to movies together where there's people just making noise. Um, but this was people were engaged uh, oh, fun. and like calling out like, don't go in there. Like that kind of stuff. Like, what are you doing? Run like those sorts of reactions. And I was like, yes. Oh, my God. I've been starving for this sort of uh, theater experience for a horror movie for a long time. But the scene you're talking about, everyone's like, oh, no, leave the cat alone. And then. You know, the way the scene wraps up, you're like, ah, everyone was relieved and laughed. So, yeah, we saw it and like we saw it on a Sunday night and it was fairly busy. Like, I was kind of surprised how many people were there. But we had this couple of guys sit in front of us who like Joe said they reached like pot. Surprisingly, I didn't smell it, even though, you know, since I'm uh, an addict, I, I, 
usually pick right up on that. I'm like, yeah, you're like, what's that? Yeah. What's that? But yeah. Um, the, the guy in front of him was like just sitting forward the whole time, which made it like Joe couldn't like see the screen. So oh. Joe had to like move down like a few seats. But like they were laughing at like everything and not necessarily stuff that was like funny. So like you couldn't even really enjoy being maybe possibly scared because yeah. they were just like laughing hysterically at everything. So it was a little bit of an obnoxious experience, but. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I'm glad I saw it in the theater. And um, yeah, I, I was not particularly surprised how it all turned out. I don't know that I like, I don't know when it started. I wasn't like, oh, yes, we're going to start with a Black Friday massacre. Uh-huh. I would have been like that if there would have been like a killer at the Black Friday. Like I would have yeah. felt differently than it being like, oh, this is um, this is a, a commentary on consumerism. Yeah, that felt all more ridiculous than anything. But not like so, fun ridiculous. More like not like fun. That's just what we're going with just ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I almost would have preferred if they would have done it because now the whole thing is more like not having places open. On wait, was this on Thanksgiving night that everything was opening? Right, that was sort of the, yeah. The whole it was Thanksgiving. It. It was yeah. In, yep. Or like Black the Friday. night before, oh wait, no, Thanksgiving night, like before Black yeah. Friday. But yep. like now everything is sort of like, most places aren't doing that to give people their yeah. their Thanksgiving. Like I, was I feel gonna like we've s- sort of shifted away from that already. Yeah, I was going to say, this seems not timely because Black Friday is just not really a thing anymore over the last few years. And uh, that reminded me, I just saw a meme last night that was like, People don't even die on Black Friday anymore. Like America is in decline. It's <laughs> like, yep, that's it. So that feels that's why it feels ridiculous because he's making commentary on a thing that's not even culturally relevant like anymore. It feels like so. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did like the lead girl, though. But like you said, where it's like lacking where Scream is so good is like maybe you don't love Tatum or maybe I almost said screech. Maybe Randy annoys you, but like they're, they're characters that you can get behind. Yeah. And you can relate to one of them, if not multiple. Yeah, exactly. And in this movie, most of the lead cast feel interchangeable with each other. Like they don't feel like, like the two boyfriends could be the same character. Yeah. Like literally, because they're just, dumb jocks is like all they are and you're like yep most of these characters are so one-dimensional that i'm like i can't wait till they die so which you know maybe was the point maybe that was the point but i feel like the movie didn't present itself as that type of movie though so yeah 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 Yeah. now do you remember or have you gone back and watched the original trailer i haven't and i know because like matthew talked about like i was curious if they took some of the things in it and sort of broadened on them, like said, oh, you remember that thing we did? Well, we're going to do that here, but in, you know, the style of this film and the way we're doing it. Yeah. What I want to do is I have the Blu-ray of Grindhouse Mm. uh, that they put out and you can watch it as it was released in the theater. Oh, that's uh, nice. Where it plays it all as one giant movie with the fake trailers uh, cool. inserted where they're supposed to be so and i mean that you know it's like three and a half hours to watch that version so i'm like okay some night when i got the time i need to sit down and re-watch grindhouse all the way with all the fake trailers intact and uh yeah see what that's like again so yeah that's fun yeah and you know patrick dempsey was great we love him yeah i love this weird thing that's going on now with taking like aging heartthrobs and uh, throwing them into horror movies right now like that 
Oh yeah, with uh, what's his face? Uh, Dermot Mulroney was in, uh, you know, the most recent Scream. It's like okay, we're taking the uh, the heartthrobs of yesteryear and uh, uh, throwing them into these slasher movies. So, and I mean, Patrick Dempsey was in Scream Three. He was my least favorite. True, yeah, he was also in Scream Three. So, my least favorite line in that, which is, she goes, "Detective, what's your favorite scary movie?" And he goes, "My life." (laughs) (laughs) And I think that is so freaking dumb. That is cheesy. So cheesy. And like, that was like the other word about going back to Scream. Like, they were like, oh, now Nev Campbell and Patrick Dempsey are reportedly being courted. It's like, they won't do it if they know what's good for them. Unless money wins out and they, I just, I, yeah. I, I can't I imagine that franchise is dead, but then it'll it'll take an entire overhaul, like an entirely yeah. different creative team and, you know, a lot of distancing. So because it is like, you know, that's the whatever the the speculation is that she ended up with him because in Scream six or I mean, Scream five, she gets a phone call and she says it's Mark or something. And that was his name. So, oh, OK, that's yeah. like the the theory is that she ended up with that detective. OK, yeah, right on. So yeah, do you? I know it was sort of short of sort and sweet, but I don't think that either one of us remember it all that well. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we, we saw it a while ago. Yeah, we both watched it a while ago. Um, yeah, that's really all I got to say about it. It's a simple movie, really, at the core of it. Um, yeah, I think if you want to have a fun, it's cool to have another uh, slasher to throw on, like watch Blood Rage and then watch Thanksgiving next year back to back. Like that's going to be my plan. So fuck yeah, yeah, hell yeah. All right. Well, out of five, what? Oh, out of five, John Carver masks. Mm, burned. Burned John Carver, John Carver masks. masks. Um, I was going to give this a solid three, but here I, I have to be true to my uh, letterboxed review and what I did on there, which was I gave it an extra half star because at the end of the movie, the closing credits are the song Where Eagles Dare by the Misfits. And it's one of my favorite Misfits <laughs> songs. So when that kicked on, I was just like, oh, that's just made me love the movie more than I did just to hear that. So hell yeah, three and a half. I'm also giving a three and a half, you dumb little bash. Oh, uh, awesome. But there is a scare of approval. Scare of approval. That's right. Because I gave it the extra half for the gore. Like, I th- overall, I think, like, this is a well-made movie. The performances yeah. are decent. Not, like, great. But um, but the, the gore, I just thought, was super fun. And the mask. So for that, I'm giving the, the extra half. Hell yeah. Yeah. But some people fucking love it. I'm not there. But would I watch yeah. it again? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I thought it was cool. I'll probably watch this again. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And yeah. see. Maybe I'll like it more the next time. We'll see. Maybe or less. Who knows? Who knows? Gotta be open-minded, but, you know? Yeah, next Thanksgiving will tell when I revisit this to, uh, you know, get my counter-programming to all the yeah. sappy stuff that's on TV now. So Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, dear listener, please write to us, tell us what you're watching, what news gets you off, and what you thought of this movie. Mm, yes. Yeah. And... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, it was lovely. And oh, right, scaring sharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta, scaring sharing. <gasps> oh, one word. That's right. And we'll see you back next week. And uh, Jeremy, thank you for your time and yes, your talents. You too. <laughs> and um, remember, it's in the trees. It's coming. You took my one. Keep watching the skies <laughs> and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. <laughs> This is
been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.